Hello and welcome to Earth Riot Radio. I'm Reverend Billy down here in New York. This is the Church of Stop Shopping talking to you right now. Welcome. Come on into the Earth Church. We've got some empty seats over here. Today we're thinking about nuclear power. You know, the, the biggest bomb that Russia has, they call it Tsar Bomba. The Tsar's Bomb. The bomb of the most powerful man who owns everybody, owns all the land, has all the control, on a whim can declare death or life for anybody. And that's kind of the way that China and Russia and the United States, that's the way we think. We think we have the magic. We can control everybody else. Well, that is a lie that we tell ourselves. That is a lie that our governments try to persuade us to believe. Let's listen to, let's believe an alternative government, and that would be the Earth. The Earth has storms and droughts and starvation and, and super floods, and it's got atmospheric downpours, and it's got glaciers and the Himalayan mountains melting. It's got, well, expressions, shall we say that are thousands of times more powerful than our pitiful little atomic bombs. The Earth is dealing right now in an adjustment, a, a, a dancing, shaking, I have to change now kind of evolution, which looks to us a lot like extinction, looks to us a lot like something we can't deal with. But the Earth, the Earth has the power far more than our adolescent fantasies of death and destruction, far more than our governments and corporations have to offer the earth. The earth is our leader, our government, our teacher, makes our culture, makes our economy. Let's follow the earth. That's the way to peace. Somebody give me an earth alluvia here today. <laughs> must have thousands of unusual storms, novel viruses, incredible heat waves. The Earth, the Earth is in a state that human beings with our power can no longer achieve. And that is the state of revolution. The humans, while we are stunned by what is happening to us, it is incomprehensible that another living thing, this second living, this earth, is revolting against us with intelligence, great resources of power delivered with strategy and implacable intention. The earth is offering us terms of unconditional surrender. Hello, I'm Savitri D. The Nevada test site, an immense tract of desert and mountains northwest of Las Vegas, 
is the test range where the United States government set off over 900 nuclear explosions during the Cold War phase of the arms race. The first nuclear explosion at the Nevada test site, codenamed Abel, was conducted on January 27, 1951. Since then, 99 more tests were detonated above ground and 804 were done underground. The last underground test done in Nevada, the 20 kiloton bomb known as Divider, took place on September 20th, 1993. In 1992, the U.S. government initiated a voluntary moratorium on nuclear explosive testing, a moratorium that continues to this day. The moratorium was the result of tireless work by activists around the world. In the 80s, thousands of people marched, rallied, and risked arrest to stop both the arms race and the relentless testing above and below ground. The Nevada test site is the land that the Western Shoshone and Paiute people belong to. The Treaty of Ruby Valley was signed in 1863. It gave the U.S. government the right to build and maintain military outposts on land stretching from the Mojave Desert all the way north to the Snake River in Idaho. The tribes of Nevada never gave the U.S. government permission for nuclear testing in any form. The land around and under the Nevada test site is widely known as the most bombed place on Earth. Every year, a group of people from the Nevada Desert Experience walk more than 100 miles over seven days. Vera Love is a member of the Stop Shopping Choir and a longtime participant and coordinator of the Peace Walk. And she sent some recordings from along the walk. live from the Sacred Peace Walk. I am so excited to be walking this year. We have so many people who've joined us. I think the count is about 35, which is great compared to last year. It makes me so happy that more people are finding out about the walk and coming to join us. So I am a coordinator with Nevada Desert Experience and Nevada Desert Experience is an interfaith nonprofit organization that brings people together from different faith backgrounds to walk for peace and bring awareness towards some of the violence that happens in the Nevada desert. And some of that violence consists of Creech Air Force Base, which is one of the main drone Air Force bases in the United States, which controls drones around the world, barbarically dropping bombs on individuals in other countries. And then we also walk to the nuclear testing site, which is the most bombed place on Earth. We have people who risk arrest at both locations. My first Sacred Peace Walk was back in 2014, and I had no idea about Creature Air Force Base. I barely knew about the testing site. It just wasn't something that they talked about at my schools, but a friend had invited me to the Sacred Peace Walk, and I was just like, yeah, I mean, I'm for peace for sure, right? And then I learned about all of this violence in my backyard, you know, in Las Vegas. In the Mojave Desert, um, it was really surprising, but also um, it was really sad just to think about the military-industrial complex and how young people just cycle in and out of the system, you know, continuously, especially poor BIPOC 
people, poor people of color and um, thinking that's the only way they'd be able to make a living, but also the trauma that comes with of working at a drone base or being in a war and also the innocent lives who were killed by these weapons that are being sent from these drones. And it, it's just, it's crazy. And to think about how nuclear weapons and the military industrial complex just really, it just poisons the land, you know, it poisons the water, poisons the air. It's so important that people continue to remember these things that are happening around our world. And I'm just really grateful that I got the opportunity to walk this year and I hope to continue to walk and one day we won't have a world where we have to worry about nuclear weapons threatening our lives or worry about these weapons destroying our planet and the ecosystems that we live in. And so I'm going to continue to walk as long as I have to. I'm really grateful for that. Can you tell me your name? George Killingsworth. And where are you from? I'm from Berkeley, California. And how old are you? 87. And you're on a sacred peace walk right now? I am. Why are you on the sacred peace walk? Well, to uh, raise the consciousness of the people that work here and and far beyond of the uh, enterprise that they're uh, involved in of possible human and uh, planetary uh, Catastrophe and destruction. Anything you want to share with the mm-hmm. with the rest of the world? Uh, well, uh, every step that we took uh, on this week was a prayer for peace and uh, human connectivity, and we hope that uh, everyone's steps can uh, can can be in that direction and and uh, bring us all together. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> all right, so um, we have Silver. Silver, what made you decide to risk arrest this morning at Creature Force Base? Um, you know, just the chance to to slow down the war machine if just for a little bit. I just can pass that up. Thank you. Lore, how about you? Why are you risking arrest this morning? Um, yeah, I work with veterans that have moral injury. And so, um, kind of in solidarity with them. All right, we are across the street from Creech Air Force Base and we had just left the Goddess Temple after having a sunrise ceremony, sending our prayers out into the universe. 
Uh, we have a couple of people who are going to be risking arrest at Creech Air Force Base, which is in Indian Springs, Nevada. Creech Air Force Base is a U.S. drone base. They practice flying drones out here in the Nevada desert because it looks so closely like the desert in places like Pakistan or Syria. We see them flying all day. There are signs that uh, some of the protesters and uh, peace walkers are holding. Some of them say veterans for peace because we have veterans out here. Some of them say fly a kite, not a drone. There are some that say the war is over, go home, asking the drone pilots or the military uh, individual personnel who, who work here um, to go home. Um, there are signs that say wrong, wrong way, go back, moral injury, no nukes, no drones, uh, stop the war. How much money did we spend today? Um, nuclear weapons are illegal. Uh, thinking of ICANN and the work they're doing with the non-proliferation treaty and um, it's good to be out here with these people the sun is almost all the way up coming over uh, sunrise mountain we had to rely on the spiritual power thousands and thousands of years ago in some places the water is already so bad that we can't use it. Some places we're told not to drink water, and the fish life in the oceans are dying. Our birds disappearing by the millions. And today, throughout the world, the animal life began to lose their senses. We should learn from it and see the problems that they're having. We've been told that from the beginning of our life. But today, we're not, we're all going to have to be one people in order to survive. We cannot survive without those things I talk about. Those are the words of Corbin Harney, a Western Shoshone spiritual leader in 1985, at the height of the international disarmament movement, when thousands of people fought to stop nuclear testing and proliferation. We also heard Johnny Bob playing drums and singing on this year's Peace Walk. There were 13 arrests at the Peace Walk this year, including Silver, a base in the Stop Shopping Choir at Creech Air Force Base, and 10 at the Nevada Test Site, renamed the Nevada National Security Site. You can change your name, but the devil stays the same. Welcome to a special edition of News from the Natural World in solidarity with Stop Shopping Soprano Vera Love and bass singer Silver Pondolfino on the annual Peace Walk in the Nevada desert. This is News from the Nuclear World. I'm Savitri D. Demolition has begun on the low-intensity test reactor at Oak Ridge National Laboratory in Tennessee. The reactor became world famous in 1951 when a photographer captured a blue glow caused by radiation in the pool above the reactor. The Oak Ridge Office of Environmental Management and its cleanup contractor began tearing down the reactor after nearly five years of planning and deactivation work. 
The United Nations Atomic Energy Chief warned Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky that the perilous situation at Europe's largest nuclear plant isn't getting any better, as relentless fighting in the area puts the facility at risk of a nuclear disaster. The Zaporizhia plant, which continues to power war-torn Ukraine, has lost several of its power transmission cables during Russia's war and on multiple occasions has had to switch to emergency diesel generators to power its essential cooling systems, preventing a meltdown. The International Atomic Energy Agency has sent staff to all Ukrainian nuclear plants to reduce risk of accidents. If existing inventories of used nuclear fuel were recycled and repurposed as fuel for advanced fast reactors, it could generate zero carbon electricity for Europe for up to 1,000 years, according to international environmental campaign group RePlanet. The report found that using a calculation based mainly on current inventories of uranium, there is sufficient energy in nuclear waste to run Europe at current electrical power consumption for between 600 and 1,000 years. Some 12,700 nuclear weapons remain in the world's arsenals, with about 90% owned by the United States and Russia. Both countries are actively planning to build new weapons, sparking a 21st century arms race and increasing the risk of nuclear war. Nine countries possess nuclear weapons, the United States, Russia, France, China, the United Kingdom, Pakistan, India, Israel, and North Korea. In total, the global nuclear stockpile is close to 13,000 weapons. While that number is lower than it was during the Cold War, when there were roughly 60,000 weapons worldwide, it does not alter the fundamental threat to life on Earth these weapons represent. The warheads on just one U.S. nuclear-armed submarine have seven times the destructive power of all the bombs dropped during World War II, including the two atomic bombs dropped on Japan. The United States usually has 10 of these submarines at sea. Not only have nuclear weapons tests been conducted directly on indigenous lands, but nuclear fallout also disproportionately affects indigenous communities. People living in the Arctic, predominantly indigenous communities, are one of the most heavily exposed populations from the global fallout from atmospheric atomic bomb testing in the 50s and 60s. Trade winds and precipitation patterns bring atmospheric radioactive fallout to the Arctic from nuclear test sites around the world. In the Arctic, the slow turnover of Arctic ecosystems makes radioactivity more persistent and longer lived than in other environments. In addition, Arctic lichen grab radioactive particles out of the air. The large surface area and long lifespan of lichen causes it to accumulate more radioactivity than other plants. Caribou subsequently eat this radioactive fallout containing lichen. Radioactivity bioaccumulates in the muscle, soft tissue, and organs of caribou. And many peoples living in the Arctic frequently eat caribou and are exposed to the radioactivity accumulated in caribou body tissues. This is known as the lichen reindeer human ecosystem pathway. One study looked at the Sami indigenous community of northern Finland and found that male reindeer herders in Finland had 10 times the average annual dose of radiation from nuclear fallout than the rest of the Finnish population. The destructive capabilities of U.S. weapons range widely. The most powerful weapon, the B-83 gravity bomb, is more than 80 times stronger than the bomb dropped on Hiroshima. The smallest weapon has an explosive yield of only 2% of that.
Such low-yield weapons are specifically designed to be more usable, increasing the likelihood they may actually be used. Temperatures of a nuclear explosion reach those in the interior of the sun, about 100 million degrees Celsius, and produce a brilliant fireball. A broken arrow is defined as an unexpected event involving nuclear weapons that results in the accidental launching, firing, detonation, theft, or loss of the weapon. Since 1950, there have been 32 nuclear weapon accidents, known as broken arrows. To date, six nuclear weapons have been lost and never recovered. Flash blindness is caused by the initial brilliant flash of light produced by nuclear detonation. It is a bleaching of visual pigment and temporary blindness. Vision is completely recovered as the pigment is regenerated. A one megaton explosion can cause flash blindness at distances as great as 13 miles on a clear day or 53 miles on a clear night. If the intensity is great enough, a permanent retinal burn will result. Retinal injury is the most far-reaching injury effect of nuclear explosions, but it is relatively rare since the eye must be looking directly at the detonation. Electromagnetic pulse, EMP, is an electromagnetic wave similar to radio waves, which results from secondary reactions occurring when the nuclear gamma radiation is absorbed in the air or ground. An EMP pulse produces thousands of volts. It is a single pulse of energy that disappears completely in a small fraction of a second, similar to the electrical signal from lightning. But the rise in voltage is typically a hundred times faster. This means that most equipment designed to protect electrical facilities from lightning works too slowly to be effective against EMP. On July 8, 1962, the EMP or electromagnetic pulse from the high-altitude Starfish Prime test turned off 300 streetlights in Oahu, Hawaii, 740 miles away. And now, the sounds of extinction. The device officially designated RDS-220, known to its designers as Big Ivan, and nicknamed in the West Tsar Bamba, was the largest nuclear weapon ever constructed or detonated. This three-stage weapon was actually a 100-megaton bomb design. The effects were spectacular. Despite the very substantial burst height of 13,000 feet, the vast fireball reached down to the earth and swelled upward to nearly the height of the release plane. The flash of light was so bright that it was visible at a distance of 1,000 kilometers, despite cloudy skies. One participant in the test saw a bright flash through dark goggles and felt the effects of a thermal pulse even at a distance of 270 kilometers. One cameraman recalled, The clouds beneath the aircraft and in the distance were lit up by the powerful flash. The sea of light spread under the hatch, and even clouds began to glow and become transparent. At that moment, our aircraft emerged from between two cloud layers, and down below in the gap, a huge, bright orange ball was emerging. The ball was powerful and arrogant, like Jupiter. Having broken through the thick layer of clouds, it kept growing. It seemed to suck the whole earth into it. The spectacle was fantastic, unreal, supernatural. Another observer further away described what he witnessed as a powerful white flash over the horizon. And after a long period of time, I heard a remote, 
indistinct and heavy blow, as if the earth had been killed. A shockwave in air was observed at Dixon Settlement at 700 kilometers. Window panes were partially broken to distances of 900 kilometers. All buildings in Severny, both wooden and brick, at a distance of 55 kilometers were completely destroyed. In districts hundreds of kilometers from ground zero, wooden houses were destroyed and stone ones lost their roofs, windows, and doors. Radio communications were interrupted for almost one hour. The atmospheric disturbance generated by the explosion orbited the Earth three times. A gigantic mushroom cloud rose as high as 210,000 feet. Despite being exploded in the atmosphere, Big Ivan generated substantial seismic signals, magnitude 5.0 to 5.2. The blast wave was detected circling the world. Photographs were eventually taken of ground zero. The ground surface of the island had been leveled, swept, and licked. Everything in the area had been swept clean, scoured, melted, and blown away. And hear the sound of an atmospheric atomic explosion. you so much for listening this is Reverend Billy again and it's time to say thank you and so long and I want to offer a special thank you to the people that made this show who were on the sacred walk from Vegas to the nuclear test sites on the the land of the Shoshone people uh, that would be Vera Love and Sil Silver Pandolfino who are singers with the Stop Shopping Choir thank you Vera was the narrator of most of it. And thank you, Silver. And Safa Trudeep put it together, edited it on, you know, on the basis of uh, recordings that Vera sent. And we have Jason Candler to thank for the editing of this overall show. And th so thank you to, to all of you. We have, uh, with the nuclear issue, we have one of the most famous progressive causes going back decades and decades. We have next week an issue that is little known in this country, which is that the big conservation nonprofits, like the World Wildlife Federation and like the, the Wildlife Conservation Society that owns the Bronx Zoo, these, these big nonprofits, rich corporations, they uh, buy vast tracts of land in Africa and elsewhere, in the global south mostly to protect animals, to protect ecosystems, but then they forget to protect the people. And that is the issue next week. The indigenous people are often abused uh, by security people that call them poachers and so forth and so on. So that's, that is uh, something that we'll pursue next week. We're involved in a rally at the doorway, the gate to the Bronx Zoo today. The Stop Shopping Choir singing their hearts out for justice for these people. And some of the indigenous people were there to speak. Now, this is the first anniversary. It's been 12 months since the Earth Church began. You've heard me say at the top of the show, welcome to the Earth Church. 
Well, the Earth Church is, is uh, going into its second year. Tomorrow, with Malachi McCourt, our fabulous saint, we will, um, at the Earth Church in the East Village, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, come to the live stream. Listen to us. Um, although I know that this is Saturday the 15th when recording this right now. And I know that many of you will be hearing this after the 16th is over. But the, the, uh, the live stream is Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Come to RevBilly.com and you can listen, listen and view this service, the Earth Church, live. And then it will be archived on YouTube and you can, you can come and you can catch it afterwards. So what a journey it's been. Thank you for doing this with us, for supporting us all across the Western world. This is Reverend Billy. I'm just wishing you safety and wildness. Somebody give me, give me an earth hallelujah. Yeah.